right. children. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got Way here, and she just retired. What are we? Two months? Are we two months in? Two months. And we have questions for her to see uh, how retirement's going. And I would like to start, unless there's any objections to that. I have one question for you. Um, well, did, hold on, hold on. Okay, think, go ahead. We just prep it first, right? Prep. She's not 65, right? She retired at... Can we say your age? 56. But you were 55 when you retired? Or? Yes. Okay. Well, a year. Okay. Well, that that's good. So it, clearly early retirement. Right. And it, is it because you won a lottery or had some massive inheritance? No, I wish. Okay. Unfortunately, no. Um, I worked hard. We saved up and uh, invested wisely, I hope. And uh, we think that uh, we're in a good sh spot to have enough funds that will um, last us until we're 95. If we're, if we're lucky to live that long. What if you live to 96? Are you done? Then I'll be broke. All right. Well, no, you won't. Too senile to <laughs> I, recognize to what's going on then. And anyway. I have an additional question before I get to my one question here. What was your retirement age plan? My retirement age plan was like <clears throat> everybody else's, 65, get Medicare, you know, and uh, then live my life going forward. Social Security, that kind of thing. When did it change? When did it change? Um, maybe a few years ago when we started um, accumulating more rental properties, um, generating more passive income, uh, making us realize that um, maybe, you know, we don't have to wait that long. So I'm not sure what she's talking about because... The plan has never been 65, at least for me. Yeah, we've been talking about this since we were okay. not even yeah. 30. But they're interviewing what? me <laughs> right now. It's all about me, not about you. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, so <laughs> I, I will, I'll start off with the – I know we originally – I was just supposed to be the first question, but we've asked like five questions already. So yeah. let's forget about those. Here's my one question. Did you not like your job? Um, sorry, I, I'm getting old. I can't read so well anymore. <laughs> what are you doing with your free time? Um, do you sleep more and take naps? Do you exercise more? Are you bored? Are you cooking more? Are you happier? What? Do you have more stress? What? Do you have much, too much time with Ray? That's my one question. <laughs> so first question, did I like my job? I liked it well enough. It was uh, stressful, but not too crazy. Um, I worked for the, you know, uh, I was a contractor, and I did IT work, so there's always sometimes of stress when things go down, but for the most part, you know, we work to make sure that our systems stay up, which, you know, reduces the need to work overtime. Um, so, and the people that I worked with were fantastic. Um, I'm sorry to leave the team, but, but as far as um, the reason why I left work, it's not necessarily because I didn't like it. I don't remember the rest of the questions. It was just one question. Oh, that was my one answer. <laughs> no. Uh, what do you do in your free time? What do I do in my free time? So um, I don't sleep in late. I know those were one of your questions. I do get up about normal time, eight, and as I would have started work. Um, two times a week, I now volunteer at the f local food pantry, so I help out there. Makes uh, you know makes me feel good and happy to help. And um, 
I play pickleball. I do some work as far as our rental properties, managing them, answering a lot of inquiries. You know, we're starting to pick up um, a lot of inquiries for <coughs> summer reservations and things like that. So I'm still doing that, trying to work on my children's book. <coughs> and Ooh, let's back up. I didn't know you were writing your children's book. <laughs> She's not writing it. She's reading it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can't get past some of those big words. <laughs> um, so there's 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 a lot that we had on our list that we put on the back burner because we didn't have time. But now that I have more time, uh, we're picking up some of those little odd projects. Are so, you, oh, sorry. Couldn't, go ahead. No, you're still I don't want to hog all of the You're still on your first question. Yes. This is still my first question, and we're on part C. Um do you, are you finding that you have a lot more or less time than you thought you would have as a day going by quickly? Absolutely. I thought I would, yeah, I thought I would be bored perhaps. That was my question. Are you bored? Hours of days that I don't have anything to do and that is, you know, far from the truth. My day is full. Ray will look at my calendar and so I'm, I, I'm, you know. Let me, let me interject real quick because these are like the after effect. Right. But if I was listening to this interview, I would want to first hear what was the foundation you placed Good in question. order to achieve what you've achieved? Because we're sort of dealing with what am I doing now that I did it? I want to know more or we should lay the foundation for the, the people hearing. How did you accomplish it? Meaning when you saw that it was able. You saw it was able <laughs> What are the financial steps that you did? So meaning you keep alluding to you have uh, passive income. What is it? How did you achieve it? Well, that's a really long story. I mean. To me, that's the basis I of mean, the retirement. Arrest. I, I want to say the, you know, the basis of everything was when I was younger and when I was working, I saved as much as I could. Right. And that's how it all started. Um, you know, I didn't buy fancy clothes you know, do my hair, my nails. I drove old cars and uh, saved wherever you can. Um, so that's a good way to uh, pile up a, a nest egg. But I, let me rephrase the question. How do you know when the nest egg is large enough? Is it based on some uh, dollar amount or is it based on the work that that nest egg is doing for you? In other words, is the passive income at a certain level that, hey, now it replaces the day job salary? What, what was the criteria that enabled you to say, okay, I can do this? Well, that, you know, that definitely raised spreadsheet and probably one of your spreadsheets, you know, um, everybody, when is, an, you know, how much is enough, right? Nobody knows that answer, but you probably just have to, simple as doing the math. I think um, I think we realized multiple times when me and Ray have talked about this, whenever you said a number and you hit it, you're like, well, it can't be right. So it must be higher. So you just raise it and you just keep raising it. Right. No, but I think it's important what you're saying, right? So you're, mm -hmm. you're still mm -hmm. saying or alluding to what you did, but like, like say it, like so. We have right. Uh, so so yeah, X property. We're recording all our assets, right? right. Whether so you, it's you have homes, rental properties, four hundred one k's, which are retirement incomes. Um, I'm sorry, retirement plans. We have um, <coughs> you know savings, investment accounts. Johnny, Johnny wants details. No, and, and I don't, don't want to. You want numbers? Want to be nosy. All I'm saying is, like, if I was 25 years old, right, 
And I have this inkling in my head and now I see an example, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think the biggest thing with this retirement early is that you have very little examples. So mm. you guys know one person, mm. right? I, we know one, yeah. I know zero. And the ones that I know, and this is horrible to say, I always have a joke that I go to Puerto Rico and no one works. That doesn't mean they're well off in any way. They're just living either off the government or they're living on a, such a menial number but they're happy, that's different. Right. But to meet someone in the United States who was working, a professional, being able to do it, I'm looking at like someone, uh, an Allison or mm -hmm, whoever, mm -hmm. be like, okay, so instead right, of right. doing this, okay, yes, you right, drove right. old cars, mm -hmm. but with that money that you saved, right. you bought a rental property. This rental property makes X amount of percentage. I think that it's important for people right, to understand right. that that initial sacrifice gave you a nest egg and with that nest egg, right. you did X. Right. And I think if you could elaborate okay. on that, it's like giving real-world examples. I think mm -hmm. the real-world example that a retirement early can actually happen, that's awesome. Right, right. But you need to then drill down to say, all right, mm -hmm. this is how we did it. Okay. I mean, yes. So we started, you know, obviously working, you know, co uh, corporation companies provide you with 401ks. You know, we max out our, you know, contributions to 401k. If the company is going to match, you put in at least what the company is going to match, free money, right? So wherever you can get free money, is that somebody's going to give you <coughs> to do something? Do it, right? Um, unless you're absolutely, you know, living paycheck to paycheck. Um, so that, like you said, you start building your nest egg, have enough savings for rainy days, emergencies, what is the standard, three months, six months rent, whatever that may be, and, you know, that's liquid, um, we started, and, and diversification, right? You want, you know, HSA if you can do, you have 401ks, you got IRAs, you know, savings plan, invest in stocks. We did some of that, you know, learned, learned some hard facts about investing in the market during the uh, bubble dot, and dot-com dot crash. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, so and then, then we started, you know, um, you know, looking into investment properties that we could rent out. And um, so when we had enough money that we could actually purchase a rental property, um, you know, we did calculations to make sure that, you know, purchase price, mortgage, expenses, taxes, all that on that property is is covered by whatever rental income you, you know, uh, is potentially there. Um, so you got to do your homework. You can't just you know, plow ahead and buy this stock. I think it's also important to, to mention you guys didn't use, um, uh, what do you call it, the company? You didn't have a company <coughs> who handled your property management. Your proper management. Correct. And you saved you, what, 20%? Mm-hmm. Uh, 30%. Th yeah. So it's not like you just got a property and took the money and you guys put a little right. more work into it to, mm -hmm. to get more money. Right. But, I, but I think it's important, obviously – Somehow we have to give the information that if you did want a property management and you're willing to take the hit, right. it's almost, a, right. you know, it's an exercise in just moving money from one to the other. Yeah. But there is the potential to save, but it's definitely not something that's necessary. Right. Save and, and really, like, you got to do your homework. You can't just say, oh, you know, that house is for sale. I'm just going to buy and rent it. Well, you know, you have to, you know, analyze, is it rentable? How much can you rent it for? What, you know, is it long-term, short-term? Obviously, short-term rentals are more profitable, you know, just things like that. 
um, knowing what your mortgage is going to be, taxes, you know, expenses, things like that, you know, you can't. And the location, obviously, um, you know, plays plays a part into rental. You you know, you can buy you can buy a, a you know a house in I don't know, um, say Union, and you know, or do you buy a property that somebody's going to rent year round? You know, so you got to do your homework and do the math. So at the end, you guys, in order to accomplish this passive income that could replace your job, you have how many properties? Uh, right now we have five, six rental properties. So six rental properties. Mm-hmm. So you alluded to something that, especially during COVID and a lot of different c- scenarios where they manipulated the market, in the time frame where you said, all right, there's going to be 401ks, there's going to be stocks, there's going to be real estate. But you paused on the stock and you said you learned a lot. What do you think is something that you could compare the return on investment on stocks and the return on investment on real estate? So real estate is less emotional, I want to say. Like stocks, unfortunately, at least for me, there's a there's a bit of emotion comes into play, right? Where it goes up, it goes up a certain amount, and it's always the the guessing game of When's the right time to get out? When's the right time to sell? Is it going to crash tomorrow? Is it going to, you know, Is that because it's so easy to get in and out of stocks? Whereas, you know, you could be doing it minute to minute or second to second. Whereas with real estate, it's, you know, on the scale of weeks and months. Mm -hmm. And you have to, you do have to think more. Yeah. Yeah. You have that. And, and it's less emotional, right? So Gary had brought up a good point earlier regarding the property management companies and bypassing that is giving you a larger, as we're calling it right now, passive income. But it seems, my understanding, because you're choosing to manage the properties and have a higher, what we're calling passive income, truly isn't passive, which is not saying that it's good or bad, but so our viewers and listeners you know, can get a, a good appreciation and understanding of it. In a previous episode of the podcast, Gary had shared how he really didn't enjoy being a landlord. And Johnny had mentioned about, well, if you have a 401k, it's kind of a no-brainer because you don't get the call in the middle of the night for the kitchen sink that's overflowing. So to give the understander and understanding correct for our viewers, it seems that although you're retired from a job, you're choosing to do property management. And like you said, your days are still filled you know, with different things as you choose with your flexibility. Right. So would you say that the quote unquote passive income isn't necessarily passive, but it gives you much more flexibility in the day to do more things and opens up your schedule? Yeah. What no, level yeah. of management do you do? So you're right. It's, it's not necessarily passive. There is work. Um, you know, when something breaks, you know, you got to be ready to address it. Um, we're, you know, we are fortunate enough that we have reliable people that we can call that can respond uh, quicker than we can. So um, you're not the one going out there with, with a wrench and plumber's butt crack to, to fix correct, something. You're correct. Picking you know, up the phone and saying, hey, here's the address. Sometimes. Here's sometimes. Card sometimes sometimes yeah, if we can, right. if it's yeah. a minor thing, right. something that can wait. I mean, we've had a lot of weekends. We go up there for the weekend and next thing I know, we're just fixing right. things. Right. To, to give a backdrop, Ray and I showed up to the house one time. And we heard a funny noise. <laughs> funny noise. <laughs> and we're like, I'm like, Ray, there's something like um, running water so, yeah, in that. Uh, and he's like, no. I'm like, yeah, and it's in this room. Goes and gets the key, opens up the utility room. And the safety on the hot water heater had popped. 
and was piped into the crawl space or whatever you would call that. It's more like, like a, a basement. It's like a basement, but enclosed. And literally, what time was that at night? 10 p.m. Yeah. 20 degrees outside. We are now looking at a pool, literally, in his crawl space. And we're like, holy smoke. So there isn't, there's not too many people you'd call for stuff like that, but it's important to know that right. that happens. Right. It, it happens. And they're willing to, right. to respond. Right. But the only reason why I brought it up, and, and obviously you, you angled it, you angled it in a different way when you asked about it, but they also have an example of, a property where they do leave it completely up to the, I guess you could say, proprietary, yeah, yeah. Uh, whoever owns that building, and they also do the property management. But it's a big chunk, but because it's so lucrative, you don't mind. Yep. But I think you should elaborate on that because one of the things that I'm at least myself looking for, in my plan, I'm willing to put in the time now. Mm -hmm. But the minute I say I'm retired, I want to be able to also say I'm not touching that. Truly passive. That's just saying, truly passive. But because if people think that you always have to be interactive, right. they might go that route. But it's good to have an example if you guys could share it the way you do the Myrtle Beach property. Yeah. So that that's that's interesting, right? So we have property in the Poconos, Pennsylvania, and then we have property in Myrtle Beach and property in Florida. And the experiences for all three are completely different, right? So Poconos, probably a little bit uh, more hands-on. You know, we've got change of seasons. We have to worry about ice, snow removal, and then... Um, and the typical you know, rental period in the Poconos is, is how long? Uh, most of the summers, um, and then uh, weekends through the winter. No, but how long does oh. each tenant stay? Uh, weekends are most of the majority of the rentals throughout the year. And then during the summer weeks, we only do weekly. So, um, so there, you know, there's definitely a bit more wear and tear because you have people coming in every weekend in and out, you know, um, different, different people. So it's, um, so definitely a little bit more work. I think, you know, if, if we want to uh, use that word involved um for that those properties uh like like johnny mentioned the dunes village one is completely hands-off it's a condo that's um part of you know it's like a hotel but every um every unit in the hotel is uh individually owned they have on-site property management that takes care of everything for you, including maintenance, uh, checking people in and out, making reservations for you. And um, they take a big cut. But um, as Johnny mentioned, it's, you know, the income is lucrative enough that it's, it's still worth it. Um, the other property management that we do is in Florida. That's a little different animal. Um, we have, it's a, it's in a 55 plus community. Um, most of the renters are their uh, monthly rentals and they're, you know, older people that are there and, you know, they take care of your home. There's really no issues there. Um, so there's a little less work. So, I mean, every location is going to be different. Like I said, do your homework, you know, and figure out how much work or no work do you want to do. Obviously, you know, the less work you you're willing to put in, the more you're going to pay out and it's going to come out of your profits, right? So. And what does do your homework mean? Specifically, what are you actually doing? Um, like I mentioned before, right? Um, 
making sure it's a viable rental, that you're going to be able to rent it enough that will cover your expenses. How, how do you do that? How, how do you know something's going to rent for $200 a, a, a day or $200 well, a month? I mean, nowadays you can go on Airbnb and see what, if there are any rentals in the area, right? Um, you can see what they're renting for. Obviously, look for like properties. And, you know, you, if you're buying a two-bedroom condo, don't compare it to a five-bedroom, you know, unit and say, oh, I'm going to get that kind of rent. Um, Taxes are another big expense. Is that uh, all available online as well? That should absolutely be available. All that information is available. How about and how do you tax know how records? To... You can, you know, search county tax records to, to find out what taxes are. And how do you know how much to budget for uh, ongoing repairs? Um, you know, we kind of, I think we do 5% or something like that. Three. Oh, 3%. Oh, whatever Adam's spreadsheet says. <laughs> Come on, I'm, I'm asking the so, question. I'm not supposed <laughs> to <laughs> know the answers. Adam's <laughs> So wait, not, not to close that chapter, but just to, to give a, an example of percentage. So you guys do the property management in the Poconos. They do it in Myrtle Beach. What's the percentage difference? Percentage difference between... So if, if you were to compare the two, right? Return on investment. Return on investment. Which one is better? Um, you don't have to say, yeah, say yeah. it in percentage. Yeah. You don't have to say it in numbers. Um, but you're saving about 20%, right? Or is it more? Like if we were to hire a property management company, they would take 20% of your rent. Um, no, but I don't but, want the percentage when it comes so, to like how he's asking. I'm saying if you did it, right? If you took the whole investment, say, all right, I'm making X percentage on this one, X percentage on that one. Are you making more on the Myrtle Beach one compared to the one in the Poconos? Uh, I'm going to rescue her and say yes. that we don't know because I, I, haven't, I haven't done enough I math to, to look at what that is. I mean, I know what we're getting in Myrtle Beach. I just don't know what the percentage is in. Yeah, to compare them all. The I, I don't, but I do you understand why I'm asking the, the question, right? Because yeah. to me... If you could sacrifice more, I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. if, if we had the whole, I don't know, what would you call it, the, the associated information on the YouTube or wherever it's going to show up, you would want to be able to explain to people what are the, the nuances of having one of those type properties. One, yeah. you can't get a normal uh, mortgage. But let's yeah. say that you were able to explain that and say, this is the sacrifice for that one investment. This is the sacrifice for that investment. Because a lot of the things that I'm noticing and the reason why I keep going back to that, getting someone to manage it, and I don't want to say it the wrong way, but when I talk to all these young kids at 22, 25, majority of them have no clue how to turn a wrench, how to do a pipe, how to do whatever. So at one way or another. I can't either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right with you, Look, but it's, a, it's a good example, right? So for Absolutely. instance, if you, if you, if I'm doing the math, I would say, all right, so I could, if I just wait five more years and now I'm qualifying for this particular one because I have to save this this much more money, you know, I think we need to start getting to the specifics of that, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Well, look, apples to apples, the more work you're willing to put yeah. in, the bigger your return's going to be. It Absolutely. comes down to how much do you value your time. You're going to make less. For example, Myrtle Beach, they take 40% off of the top, yep. but you don't have to do anything and your return's still pretty good. Right. If you do uh, everything they were to do, you got a ton of more work, especially in a place that turns over weekly, if not more. Right. And yeah, you'll make more money, but a lot more work. 
Right, but if, yeah. is it even possible? If you were, were going to take the Myrtle Beach unit as much as it flips over, could you have possibly done that yourself, being in New Jersey? Um, Pro- it would be a little harder. So the Poconos turns over in a similar fashion to that one, weekly, three days, five days, whatever. But Myrtle Beach is, is consistently booked, right? So it's constant. So it would be a lot more work. And, and, if, and I think she could have done it because she did most of all the booking work. But I don't think we could have scaled right? Two properties, three properties, four properties, if they were like that. I think it would have kept the scale down mm-hmm. because it's too much work. So right. um, so you have to factor in all that stuff, right? Is your job flexible? Can you take calls in the middle of the day? Can you take? Are you going to take calls in the middle of the night, right? Um, the Myrtle Beach example, we just got an email yesterday that said, hey, the air conditioner broke. It's going to be $4,250 to fix it. Just let me know if you want to put it on this credit card or put it on your bill or charge you every month for the next 12 months. I didn't have to do any homework, go looking, how much is it going to cost? I got to hire somebody, but I don't do anything. No permits, no nothing. But I'd also going to get to pick the price. It's going to be $4,250. Yeah. So, it's um, a large unit. So you are, it, Myrtle Beach is hot. Yeah, and it's hot. <laughs> but it is, a, it is a trade-off, right? Right. Um, so, so it is really hard to answer the questions that you're asking. I think Adam's um, summary was good, right? You've got to be willing to commit the time, and the more time you commit, the more return you're going to get. But you can only scale so much, right? right? You're just going to run out of life, right? Run out of hours of the day. And I think the bigger picture on that too, aside from the finances and the percentage, is what you had said on time. Because by allowing that one one property to be truly passive, it now allows you more time to manage other properties right. and then more time Correct. to enjoy the choice of stop stopping your employment at your previous employer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? and, and look, don't forget that time trade-off is also – um, you might have hobbies. You might have kids. You have right. other stuff to do in life, too. It's not just your day job and this other job, right? right? There's other stuff to be done, and you can't – you could, but you may not want to commit all your time to it. And speaking right. of time, you had mentioned something earlier that I definitely wanted to ask you about. You had mentioned that you're volunteering at a community group two times a week. So if you want to expand on that a little bit, tell us about what they do and, you know, what do you do when you're there, the experience so far, and maybe, you know, how do you feel about some of the people you met there so far? Okay. Well, I, that's just my newest volunteer. I, I do volunteer at our, lo- our, at our local township. Uh, I'm, the committee, I'm the committee chair for our youth exchange program. Um, I'm on the multicultural day committee. Um, you know, I help out at Chinese school. So I do a lot of um, local community uh, volunteering. But this um, latest one since retirement is um, I do uh, food pickups for the food pantry. So That's great. And all, all this volunteering, what does what that pay? Sorry. I couldn't get <laughs> that one Zero. It pays zero. I know. And then you think, you know, I gave my day job that paid me this, and now I'm working for zero. But, you know, the trade-off is, is I'm getting to do what I want to do. And, um, and the stress is zero. Um, so I think I, that was I, one I of my questions, was, is stress. Zero? Mm-hmm. So... I, let's back up to you. Except say, when I'm playing pickleball. That's what I was saying. I'm going to go back to pickleball. <laughs> who, who are you finding to play pickleball in the middle of the day? Aren't they working? You would think. They're all but... 70 years old. They should <laughs> kick their ass. That's why she likes doing it. Unfortunately, they actually kick her ass. There are like the 30 people that play during the day in a, in a township rec center. So, are they yeah, working? Plenty. And they just taking off? Some people are, you know, oh, this is my lunch break, you know, to our lunch, that kind of thing. But a lot of them are, are retired, you know. So older, but... Um, I like to s- shift to things more personal <laughs> away from the money. So 
along those lines, um, when we're in the middle of our career and we say, oh, who are you? Well, I'm, I'm a doctor. I'm this, I'm that. We're so associated with our occupation. Mm. Who are you now? Who am I? I'm who I really want to be. Like, um, I always like to help people. Um, and I probably should have been a nurse, but, you know, I didn't think of it when I was in school. Uh, <laughs> and I probably couldn't afford it. But... Um, but it's, you know, something that, you know, my mom's always been and something that I've always picked up. And I like charity work and helping out community, you know, in the community. And um, so, so I always wanted to, like, work for a nonprofit instead of, you know, the, the company that I used to work for. Not that I, you know. Um, so this is kind of um, helping me be who I really want to be. So a lot of people go through an identity crisis when they retire because they've associated uh, their individuality so much with their occupation. You seem to have completely avoided that and understood throughout your career as not necessarily who I am or who I want to be. And now that you've retired, you're able to do that. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. That's, well done. That, I mean, that's very accurate, Adam. <laughs> well done. Um, I think... Being in IT might be a little different than I, I know you guys being engineers and stuff like that. Because to me, like you guys as engineers is almost like a part of your being, right? Like it's um, it's the way you go through life. It's not just work, um, your your organization, your you know um, fact checking and mathematical and scientific thinking. Um, being in IT is not quite the same, um, you know working with networks and making sure they're up and running and, you know, planning, things like that. I can definitely, you know, easily disassociate myself from my work. It's not a part of my being. So, I think that has to do with your job because yeah, I've, been in IT, the, I've been in IT and it's not that easy. It's I, not gonna, it's I, not I, will, I would agree with her because I was in IT for 10 years. And I thought when I left it, which was not done on purpose, that I would like, well, what did I go to school for? And I don't miss it. I don't miss trying to figure out what's wrong with the computer or whatever it is yeah. every day. Mm -hmm. And then it's people staring like, how do you not know this? Like, cause this is a new thing I got to figure out. Yeah. What about, so when you started out, you figured you're going to retire at 65, like everybody else, somewhere along the line, you realize, Hey, I could retire at 55. And then there's always the, the question, well, I, I can do it, but should I, your answer to that was yes, because there's these other things you want to do you're still young and you've got very good genes. So I'm wondering what's, what's the long-term goal now, right? When, from your twenties, thirties, forties, it's always retirement. It's a, this carrot that's hanging out there. What are you looking for now? Or is it just day to day? So I like to being that we're still young and youngish and able, um, as long as, you know, as long as we're physically capable, you know, we want to be able to do the stuff that we like to do, hiking, backpacking, traveling, you know, um, seeing the world on a tour bus is just not something we want to do. That's not us. That's not what we want to do. And, Amen, and um, so, you know, we do that while we can. And then maybe I'll write my book when I'm 65, but, <laughs> 75. but, but this is the children's book. Children's book, and I'm also doing a book on my mom. So. I want to know the theme of both books, <laughs> not the plot. Theme. The Remember theme. that from like seventh grade English? <laughs>
difference. I don't, right? I don't know the difference. Okay. <laughs> the, the theme is like the overall meaning, Purpose, the moral right. of it. The plot, the plot is, is the specific. actual event right. that happened. Right. Right. So the theme was an actual, it was an idea that actually Ray gave me, or we talked about it. And um, it's about a moon shadow versus a sun shadow. Or Does Cat Stevens have anything to do with this? <laughs> Is that I don't know. Did he write a song about Moonshine? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. I don't right? know. Yeah, I don't. That's know. not where. Yeah. Uh, at least that's not where Ray's idea came from. Um, <laughs> probably we were out one night looking at stars, and he's talking about moon shadows and how cool they are. And obviously, on some of our trips, we've started taking pictures of those kind of things. So that you know, kind of um, sparked an idea of, uh, you know, a moonshadow themed book for. For um, you know, a young child looking for his moon shadow to make a moon shadow wish. I didn't know you could make wishes on moon shadows. Well, I've been wasting all after the you time. read my book, you will know <laughs> all right. that you can. So, all right, so so the, one boy, the the kid is searching. Yes, and I got it. So, what could if the, is there anything that you could have done differently in retrospect that would have accelerated your retirement? Any mistakes you made? Yeah, sold all our stuff before the dot-com bubble. <laughs> Bought Amazon when it was $9. <laughs> Lots. But No, that's that's important know, information. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, hindsight's 2020, right? You there especially with stocks and stuff like that, you just can't you can't predict because I mean, nobody can predict. So it's a big even though they try. It's a big promotion for real estate. <laughs> yeah, and I would say well, hold on. There, there's booms and busts in real estate yeah. as well. There are. But so the general answer, I think, to your question, because you can't predict all these things, right. is start earlier. Yes. Right? I think you can always say that. Right? And save as much as you can, right? The more you save, the more options you have. So you had mentioned that you were previously working in the tech industry, and then you kind of joke around, oh, maybe I should have been a nurse, but you know, not, not right now at this point in your life. But to give the viewers and listeners an idea of some of the things that you did do to kind of help you in this situation, I believe you recently had accomplished ob obtaining a license outside the tech industry that maybe helps you with the property management. Yes, yes. So, want to share about that a little so, bit? So, I mean, for those who may be still working a full time job and want to realize some of their dreams, you know, you don't have to necessarily quit your job, but you can do things on the side, take classes. Uh, you know, I took a real estate class to help with our real estate investments and, you know, making sure, you know, everything we're doing is legit and uh, realized that, all right, I can go take the state exam and get my real estate agent license. Congratulations. So, thank you. Well, I did that, you know, a couple of years ago, kind of in anticipation of retirement and maybe, um, you know, another another job that I could do that's not not, you know, full time, 40, right. yeah. 40 hours a week kind of thing. Was that difficult, that test? Um, no. Okay. No, just <laughs> was wondering. It, was it not difficult in general or not for you? Um, I mean, I think it was more difficult than I expected. But, I mean, for me, I, I guess it wasn't that difficult. I think the problem, a lot of the problems that people have with the real estate exam is, you know, the math. <laughs> I think that's a great point that you brought up. I know, again, we're throwing around the term passive, right, for passive income. But when we listen to the story that you're sharing, we listen about, you know, Adam's spreadsheet, 
listen about Johnny talking about turning wrenches and being handy with tools. So for listeners out there that may think, wow, that's great. I'm just going to do that and put my money in things and just sit around and watch prices right and not learn anything, not read anything, not do anything, not know about anything might be a bit of a false impression. Because it sounds like what you were doing is a lot of things to prepare on the understanding of the industry. Mm -hmm. It sounds like what you guys were doing was preparing a lot of things mathematically, going through spreadsheets, planning things out. Absolutely. And to Johnny's point, what he was saying is you guys have some skills to be able to fix things when you need to and understand the judgment of when it might be better financially to pay people. So I think understanding that and having that work put in, having the viewers and listeners understand that what we're calling passive is prep work and then continued of learning. Right, you're always keeping your Absolutely. eyes peeled on better deals, always looking for market changes and understanding where there could be better deals, mm-hmm. interest rates, and keeping your pulse on that. And I'm sure the real estate license now may help you along that field, kind of switching industries, unlike someone who might be listening and think passive, I'm sitting around reading nothing, doing nothing, thinking nothing, Right. which might be a false assumption on their end. You're right, you're right. I would agree. Right. And and I think, um, you know, we're probably using the word, word passive to really mean it's not your day job, right? Right, And there's right. some various levels of how much work you're going to put in outside right. of your day job. Right. It's so, not a committed 40 hours a week or more, right? Or So to uh, his point and, and to everyone, what would you recommend to someone to read something that gave you insight on how to accomplish what you did? Reading material, maybe Ray could say, Adam could say, what, what's something that someone could pick up real quick, start to read and give them a lot of insight? Maybe something because I can't participate. I would say play the game cash flow. <laughs> I would say the richest man in Babylon. Uh, rich dad, poor dad. And I've got another. And, and we'll give, give the other one to go. I don't know if you guys are talking go about. Ahead. First of all, what's cash game or whatever you call cash it? Cash flow. Yeah. That's it, a, what is that? It's board a game. board game. It's a board game. game. All right. We'll play that next time you come over. We'll play it in here. We'll play it with, with, uh, with the group. Oh, yeah. That would be funny. <laughs> I'm sorry, what am I supposed to be saying now? <laughs> a book. A, a, a book. Well, any reading. Some type of Sometimes, media yeah. that influenced uh, you that helped I, you. I've, I've read a lot of um, just general books on succeeding in, in anything, in, in podcasts, nothing specific that I can mention. Any, any uh, for Specifically for finance, me personally, I, I love the Dummy series because I like the things breaking that broken down very simple for me. And so I love the dummy series. So a lot of the things I mentioned before, oh, I read a personal finance book. It was personal finance for dummies. I love that book. I read it multiple times. I have another one. It's the uh, personal investing for dummies. I thought that was great. In terms of specific things for finance, that's kind of where I had my basis and then talking to other people. I think now, other for books. 1995 only, you can get the financial how-to <laughs> book from the Attic Static Podcast. <laughs> I think for life They're in general. off the shelves. <laughs> There's other books that I that I like and enjoy, and I kind of got more of, which also apply to finances, but specifically for finances, I thought those two were helpful for me. But, I mean, you know, the world's at your fingertips, right, with the internet. I mean, go out and there's just so much information out there, and you can find, you know, information on anything that you're interested in or, you know. But sometimes that's the hard part. There's too much, right? So you don't know where to start, right? So the things that we just mentioned, I think, are all good places to start. Yeah, I think so. And I think also for me, which unless it has pictures and illustrations and I'm trying to figure something out, I'm not going to read it. (laughs) But the only thing that I could give is, is what I've done is you surround yourself with the people who are accomplishing what you want. And eventually it will rub off. Yeah. Right. And sure. then you start to participate and it, it, it goes back and forth. But 
there was it's a study I read. The people the, that you're associating with. There was a study I read the other day. Um, I'm not good at remembering the exact facts of things, just the generalizations. But basically, if you surround yourself with with better people of whatever you're doing, smarter, more money, athletically, it's gonna it helps raise you. And if you surround yourself with people the other way, it'll bring you down. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, what I tell our kids. Yeah. So you don't hang out with your kids anymore, right? Because they bring you down. <laughs> That's why poor Noah is getting dunked on by Cliff. Yeah. <laughs> the rec centers. One of the things that Gary and Johnny had just mentioned about people, right, and interacting with people and hanging out with certain people. You know, we've been talking a lot about, you know, the last episode and this episode about finances and, and retirement. And I think one of the things that we haven't mentioned but is also about investment is investment in our interpersonal relationships. And listening to what you're saying and sharing about traveling, I assume you're not necessarily doing that alone. Volunteering at a community group, I assume you're not doing that alone. In contact with someone in Myrtle Beach who's helping to manage the property, I manage. I imagine it's not you over there on the other side, it's somebody else. So I think along the way, looking towards retirement, along that way, it's not just us. And we talked before about financial stability in a previous episode about not being just about us. Mm-hmm. And with your volunteering and understanding that throughout life, if you end up to the point, man, I'm retiring at 40 and I get this huge mound of cash and you're sitting up there by yourself, that's not really very fun, right? Everybody be walking by, and you just be sitting up there at the top of cash. Yep. And I would imagine investing in personal relationships, family, friends, coworkers, other people in the community mm-hmm. might be important. Absolutely. How would you say that has value? Uh, what kind of value that has to you? And do you feel that that's something that you do value now that you're in retirement? Absolutely. I mean, you know, not only dealing with um, people that help manage our properties, you know, you're dealing with people that are renting your properties, right? Communicating with them. So there's communications, connections that you make. You meet people in, you know, all walks of life and fields, and you never know, like, when one of those people, um, one of these people that you meet or interact with, you know, can help you down the road. Um, I, I can't th- think Brad. of an example now. but Brad Haberlin. Brad? Oh, that's the... Um no, okay. different, different one. So, um, so here's the, here's the example. One? So one of our neighbors at one of the rentals houses who was going to rent his house asked us to help him out one time when he wasn't around because his friends were coming up to stay there and they needed something. So the friend turned oh, out yes. to be a guy named Brad who turned out to be a mortgage broker. That's who I meant. Oh, did you? Did I introduce you to him? <laughs> I got a couple mortgages from him. Yeah. So Gary got a couple mortgages from him. We read and financed three houses through him um, and all because we had a relationship with our neighbor and our neighbor had a relationship with this guy, and it all came all the way through, right? Right. So. right. And there's plenty of stories like that. I can't think of right now, but yeah, um, it happens all the time. Yeah. So it's 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 a good thing to be close to people and keep connections. Another example I'll give you is everyone who says, "Oh, you're retiring. Are you guys moving to North Carolina?" Right? Yeah. Like that's the first yeah, yeah, question, yeah, yeah. right? Why North Carolina? Florida. South. South. Florida. South. Basically, right? what they mean is south. And to us, you know, the answer is. But then all of our friends and family would be eight hours away. That's the same thing I've heard from people all the time. You're going to get into New Jersey. It's too expensive. I'm like, I'm not saving up all this money so I can go start all over. Yeah, I'm going to go, right? So, so, and maybe some people do that, right? But, but we have so many connections and friends and family and everything here. It would be very strange to just pick up a, and leave. There is a conversation to be had on making yes. sure you put the – the numbers in on retiring in New Jersey Absolutely. compared to somewhere else. Exactly. It's extremely Absolutely. expensive. Absolutely. Let's right. put that out. But it doesn't change. 
Huh? It's not going to change. Well, you do the math. You put in what the mean, Jersey expenses versus. No, I mean, you know what your expenses are now. It's not like you're gonna, you retire, you're going to have more expenses. Your your taxes and everything are going to be the same. No, but it's know. a long term story, right? We, if we said, hey, we're going to retire in Portugal, we could have done it 10 years ago. Yeah. Right? So your right. plan about There's, where you're going to be is very huge. important. In my opinion, it's probably one of the most important things. Mm -hmm. Then, because one of the conversations that we will be having here in, in detail is there's places in on earth that you save 20, 30, 40% of your money, as long as you knew it and said no, that's a different story. Most people don't even know it exists. Right. Yes. Because they've concluded that. One of the one of the people who concluded, like my mother, my mother's like, I lose nothing in Florida. I lose nothing in North Carolina. There's nothing that I want there. She's just, but if she was younger and someone was biting her, you say, hey, mom, you know, if you went to Puerto Rico and you did certain things and you did this with this house and you did this plan, she probably would be like, well, maybe I could do that, right? right, right. But it's it's just like, this is what I want. I'm going to do it. But it's because she doesn't even realize how much more she's spending. Mm -hmm. right? right. So would you conclude the <clears throat> same thing if I said to you, hey, by the way, here's 30% of your money back? Right. You can you no. start earlier. So for me, no, because for perfect example, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. Right. Correct. Why not? Yeah. Because I wouldn't with be the 30 you, guys you just fly back in. You I, could have been in Delaware. You could have. And what all I'm saying is that I'm not. I'm not. I'm not being a pain. All I'm saying is that most of the people that I talk to do not even know it exists. Right. Yes. Right. They feel like it's an obligation, or like what he just finished saying. Oh, man, I gotta go sell my house and go live in Florida. Who the hell wants to go live in Florida? Right. right? <laughs> but as as long as you have a number associated with that. Yeah, you know I, what I mean? And I think a lot of people don't know what that number is. But it's not just a number. It's a, no, it's a number and a plan, right. right? Because it makes a huge difference. Yeah, it's huge. And, and I think we can't underestimate the power of, of connections. And it's not simply that, hey, the more connections you have, the, the better off you'll be and, and, and those people will be. It, it goes beyond that where to the point where I think it's, it can be dangerous not to have uh, connections. Um, Ed, maybe you know the uh, African proverb. You're always quoting stuff, so I, I got one back for you. It's, and it's not, it takes a village to, to raise a kid. Although that's a good one. That's a good one. But good one. but the one I'm thinking about is the uh, the village that does, or a child that is not embraced by the village will burn it down to feel its warmth. Yeah, very true, very right? true. Mm. That was kicking around on the internet this week. Yeah, and I, and I think some of the things that Johnny that's, had. That's deep. Yeah, no, it's very true. Because I think yeah. some of the things that, that Johnny had sha dangerous. shared about, you know, the money aspect, considering, well, the return on the value and the cost of living, those financials are important. But then what Ray was saying, well, if we move, we're moving away from family. And what Adam was saying is true, too, with the effects of other people. So when we move away, say I move away, and I'm like, man, it's going to be cost of living for me. It's going to be a lot cheaper. What about the emotional and mental aspect on me? Will I then be lonely? And then more important, what about the emotional and mental health aspects on those loved ones I leave behind? Right? Does that burn the bridges of all those interpersonal relationships, the years and decades I've spent building with my family and my friends? You know, And what happens to our relationships through there? Yeah, with technology, we can build those and try to re reconnect, but it's difficult. And like that child in the village, right? and of all of investments, you know, no one would ever sink a whole lot of money into a business or a property and just walk away from it. So with our interpersonal relationships with human beings, Aside from those that may generate, you know, <clears throat> financial advantages, just, you know, other loving relationships, interpersonal relationships, how do we just walk away from that? You know, we can't necessarily quantify that with a dollar value, but at the same time, there's those emotional tolls like that. Yeah, that and, and, and look, this whole thing about uh, 
retiring to someplace warm. I, I, I think that's a relatively new invention. <laughs> Maybe two to three generations old. That's actually great. That's, that's not the that's way right. when, when air conditioning right. came Worked. about. Perhaps, yeah. I actually, actually, I'm glad you said that. That kind of leads me into it's not a quote. But I actually looked oh, up like, it's not a quote, but it's from, it's from Wikipedia. I have to look up the history of retirement. And I'm like, I don't think this is that, that old. I think this is like a new thing that we just kind of made up. And according to Wikipedia, the practice of leaving one's job or ceasing work after re reaching a certain age has been around since the 18th century, which isn't that long ago when you consider human history of thousands of years. And we're just talking about a couple hundred years. Mm. And then if you want to go further into retirement as a government policy, began to be adopted by countries around the late 19th century, right. according mm. to Wikipedia. Ah, okay. Right? So it's really relatively new, just a, maybe a few generations old, right? Whereas before that, for thousands and thousands right, of recorded human history years, it wasn't like that. Yeah. Right? And maybe right, it's those interpersonal relationships that maybe drove things in a different direction. Well, here, here we go again with the, uh, the, the failed experiment of the nuclear family. Um, historically, that was not the norm. It was the norm to live in a, a, with an extended family. Mm -hmm. And um, you don't move away because you're 60 years old and have enough money and are able to. Right. That's new. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Three generations in one household. Right. But, but it's like any other formula, right? As long as you know what you could possibly do, then you could either choose it or not. Right. Right? You have to have options. Right, right. You have to know. You have to you know. Have to, yep. So well, even beyond that or, or, or before that, you've got to be able to think for yourself and not just go to college because that's what everybody else does and not just retire to North Carolina or Florida because that's what everybody else does. Exactly. That's and bullshit. not just retire at 65, 67, because that's what everybody else does. Right. See, I, Retire I, I, young and move north. I could give you an example. I say. And it's, <laughs> it's one of those things where it doesn't answer any of these questions. It just gives you insight. So my aunt did that. So my aunt worked for the uh, state her whole life. Back in the day, she didn't pay for medical or her pension. Did not come as a percentage out of her checks. Mm. Different time, right? They changed yeah, all that in yeah. the 2000s. Real easy. And she also had deferred comp on top of it. She retired. But it was it was funny. It's like she immediately concluded, I cannot retire in New Jersey. She could have right. made more money retired. She didn't have any other real estate property. She didn't have any other plans except very traditional retirement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Her pension, which is priceless, full medical for her and her husband, left to Florida, sold her house, needed that money to sell that house, bought a house over there, retired. Mm -hmm. That was in 2005, right when we got married. I go visit her quite often. Nancy is probably night, from what you remember her, she's night and day by moving to Florida. She just became like a completely different person. Uh, better or worse? How so? Better, but just different. She acclimated. She changed her ways. It just became a completely different person. So it's like, I believe that initially looking at it, you'd be like, well, you know. Not, not a very good financial plan, and you have to sell your house in order to get there. But it's important for people to know that it does work. She moved, no financial responsibility because the house that she had for a long time had appreciated. It was a single-family home. It was not. It was, it was a liability, right? But she sold it. She made a big profit because she had been in it for 20-something years. I don't quote mm -hmm. me on that, but for a long time, Keene Street, right? But what happens? I look at that plan, I'm like, 
I don't want to have to sell anything, right? I want to be able to, but it's, it's a plan that does work. She was from the North, but if you talk to my aunt now, she may as well have been raised in Florida. She thinks differently. She acts differently. Politically, she's differently or acts, you know, Uh-oh. thinks differently. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's one of those things where, <clears throat> you know, it exists. Right. The formula exists, but does it fit for everyone? Right. No, and, and no one's going to know what it is, right? You didn't know and what your plan was at 25. Right? It's right? different for everybody too, right? I mean, um, uh, but it does change you, right? It, it, I mean, it definitely does change you when you, at least for me, I, f- I feel like it's a good change at least. It's only eternally. been two months. What do you expect to be feel differently like a year from now? Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't expect to feel much more different than now. Any regrets whatsoever? None at all. I mean, I was terrified. I, you know, I talked about this for at least a year or two before I actually pulled the trigger. And when I was ready to pull the trigger and submit my resignation, it was frightening, terrifying. Am I doing the right thing? Um, Where do you think that fear came from? Because you had done the numbers. Be- you know it works. Because, because, oh, why, why was it so scary? I, beca- I guess because I've always worked. Plus, you worked at that, that job it, for how many years? It was a way of life yeah. that I've always had for 40, you know, 45 years. And, um, you know, I'd never not worked. How 40 years. Not, not to keep going back to it, but this is important. And give it to you guys as a uh, homework for next week. We could sort of answer it. If you, if you both retired and you did move to Florida, what would you save by not having to pay state tax? You should you should be able to bring that to the people as one of the benefits of leaving a state that's so taxed, going to a state that is less taxed. That number, I know a, a certain gentleman who did it, large scale, a lot of mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. First savings of his first year, he bought a 50-foot boat. Just well, on wait, taxes. But it's all a you're, percentage. You're it's saying percentage. property yeah. taxes. Right. So he's paying you know, 20000 no There's no state income tax. There's no state income tax in Florida, right? So by you, okay, by you relocating taxes. over there, there's a huge, there, to a certain extent, there's a percentage. But, it, but it's a different discussion because he still had income. If you're talking about retiring and moving, you don't have income anymore, then it's not going right. to have the impact that you're talking but about. But I think it's right? important to know, right? Because that's one of the biggest things that mm-hmm. people say, no, I'm going to Arizona. I'm going to Florida for this reason, right? Right. And so it comes back to the spreadsheet. Okay, the, there's no back. way around it unless but it's, you want to roll it's a, the it's dice. Math. It's a good right? thing You've to know, though, do the math. right? It's so math. if you, you two, at a certain percent, say, all right, if we were to move to Florida and not stay in New Jersey, we would save X. I think it's a different – I would actually prefer a different question. The question might be, if you had moved to Florida be, prior to retiring, would you have saved more of your income to and, then, and therefore you could have even done it earlier? Right. right, because so once you, once a, you've retired, it. it's yeah. not as right. it's not as lucrative, right? Because changed. your income is so much lower that it's not going to have an impact like that. Right, right. So I think and, again, it's part of the. But plan. it is is it, it's an important. The answer is important because I talk to a lot of people, and that's the first thing out of their mouth. The reason why they're relocating, oh, just less taxes and less, and maybe it's just one of those things where. I think it's that. I think people haven't done the math and they just hear it and people say it and they do it. And I don't think it has as much of an impact as you think it does. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there's also something, there, there is some, you get what you pay for factor. I'm not saying every single dollar is completely justified, but in places where there's extremely low taxes, 
There's also extremely low services. Mm-hmm. Your house is on fire. Nobody's coming. Police, ah, state police might be here tomorrow. Right. right? So that plays into it a, a little bit as well. Sure. Because what are our taxes going for, right? Obviously, is services. One other point that I just wanted to kind of bring up just to kind of draw in, you know, some other viewers that might be listening is this is awesome, your plan that you had and then it's worked out for you. And there might be other viewers that have different goals. And I think everyone's individual goals and circumstances may be different. And I think irrespective of the circumstances that they have, there's always a way to have that particular circumstance be better and to meet one's goals down the road. Mm-hmm. And although I think this is a great plan for you guys and it's worked out for you guys, I don't think in any way you know that needs to necessarily alienate any of the listeners that are out there thinking, well, this this podcast isn't yeah. for me because it certainly still can be. <clears throat> Absolutely. For example, could you have afforded a Lexus when you were 35? Absolutely. Did did you bought, purchase one? No. Right. Could you have afforded a million dollar, $1.5, $2 million McMansion when wow. you were 35, I don't know about 40. that. <laughs> But some Maybe. Per- but some but people, you, you absolutely could. Have. I'm not saying yes, necessarily yes. pay in cash. Right. Absolutely. No, you, yeah. well, but never pay cash. You didn't. Right? So, yeah, there are some sacrifices, but sure. is that really a sacrifice? Right. Because your car gets you where you're For going. For some people, wrong with it, it seems like your it house is, right? So it's up to the person, right? right? Like some people, you know, not buying the Gucci bag is a sacrifice. But, you know, right. um, so it, it is up to individual person, but... To be honest, the more you save, like I said, the more options you have. You know, you don't, just because you have no money, you don't have to spend it or you could spend it if that's what you really want. I mean, you know, we we had different priorities. Instead of driving a new car, uh, we went on vacation, um, you know. So we spent our money on on time together and vacations with the family and things like that. Um, So, so it's not like, um, but, but like I said, you know, if you save, then you have the options. If, if you don't, then you have very little, you know, very little to go on. Right. But some people may, may have different values. Some of the things that we mentioned that, you know, okay. I, I'm not saying necessarily, you know, I would value those, but there's some things that other people may value. And right. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And if right. those people choose that, it's perfectly fine. It's okay. Right. You know, it may not necessarily lead to an early retirement, but if they choose that, that's their choice. I'll be Absolutely. the first, I'll be the first be very honest. I mean, I, I, how would you say? I, I don't struggle, but I think about it because it's like you have certain wants and people want certain wants, right? I don't think it's wrong that people want a good car, want sure. a big house. I think it's wrong to have that not being able to have it. Mm-hmm. That's a different story. Yes. Living beyond your means or whatever it is. Absolutely. But I think sometimes we, how would you say? We focus on not doing that, and that's the path to save the money and get the, you know, the funds to then do the real estate. But I know plenty of people who have both. Right. Right. They have the car they want. They have the house they want, and they have the other one, right? Because they're just. But are they, they retiring early? So. They could. But, but like Ed said, maybe you don't want to retire. Right. Early. But they could, right? But I think right. it, it's important for the listeners to understand that the things that you hold in your heart and that you want. You might just have to fit that into the formula in the spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not to ignore it. It's not to feel guilty about right. it because, you know, and, and not that I struggle with it, but I watch it all the time. And one example that I've always loved to give to people, my father has never 
even touched a spreadsheet. He's never read a spreadsheet. He don't give a crap about a spreadsheet. He don't care who's the president. He don't care who's the mayor. He doesn't care about anything. If he wants this microphone, he simply asks how much it costs, and he knows in his mind how much he has to work to go get it. It's very mm -hmm. simple. Mm -hmm. It's a very simple life, and right, he yeah. could have retired earlier. He could have retired later. It's just a different mentality, yeah. but he never burdened himself on, I'm not going to get what I want. Right. Completely different did, point of view. But well, he still did the he, math, right? He, he still also did the never math. burdened himself with a desire to keep up with the, the Joneses. No, but I mean, the, the, what I'm trying to say is like one day he came with the bright idea he wanted a Mercedes. And it's like, Pop, you know, you're about to retire. Why would you want a Mercedes? Because I want a Mercedes. Mm -hmm. Well, you're probably going to have to work a little more. Fine. That's fine. Right. right. Didn't, give, didn't care. Right. 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 He, he did not care. And it, to this day, he doesn't. Like if, right. if I say, Pop, you know, your camera's all beat up. Yeah, which one's the best camera? That, that's, but pops, don't worry about the. You're not going to use all these other functions. No, I want that one. How much is it? That's three thousand. Okay, go get it. Right? It just mm -hmm. doesn't care, right? And it exists. He lived the perfect life, in my my mind, right? And right now, he just sits there and he's happy as can be. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important to put those things out there that you don't sure. have to kill all the stuff that you had in your absolutely. Head, as long as you're willing to sacrifice mm -hmm. to go get it. But right. but I think there's this twist there. So right. Your dad didn't do those things to that extreme when you guys were still kids and he was still providing for the family and he, you guys were all younger, right? He wasn't buying the, the best camera and a Mercedes when he was 35, right? Even you know, though the, maybe the, he could have. The ironic thing, when we were young, my father had this, the, and he really did. There was Fishkins in town that most people didn't even know existed, a very high-end camera thing. That's where my dad went to get his camera. He had the Pentax. He had the Canon. You can ask these kids. Right. All of my dad's stuff was... Top of the line. Mm -hmm. When he was dating my mother, he went to King's, a boutique store. He didn't go to the regular store. My mom had the most expensive outfits. And Becky had the matching. He, it, it really was. And it, he was like the only one in town like doing right. that. But he picked his battles, right? He didn't have. He didn't also have Priorities. the McMansion no. and, the, and the fancy right. cars. Exactly. He, he right. picked the ones he wanted. Way he said, you know, we picked travel right. instead of this. Right. He picked those things instead of that. Right. right? You can't have everything. Know, right? You probably can't have everything. Right. Right. So what do you guys think of the uh, take-home points there that we uh, got from Way from our interview today here in the podcast? I think that, not to put words in your mouth, Way, well, I think you get the, the final say here, but what, what I'm most impressed by is that you've completely avoided the uh, personal crisis of who am I now? What am I going to do? Because you already had in your head who you were and what you wanted to do. And the purpose of leaving your job was to enable you uh, to be able to do those things. So mm -hmm. fist bump. <laughs> I think Way should conclude it. Yeah. I'm saying yeah. maybe we okay. all throw in our two cents and then Way bats cleanup. Mm -hmm. I think um, from what I've seen so far, uh, not being bored is, is, a, is a great achievement. Right. And, and keeping that up is going to be really great. One of the questions I had for you, which didn't come through before, is how long were you at your last job? A long time, right? 32 years. So oh. do you think that's a big reason why you had a problem retiring? Because it's a big part of your life. Yeah. You know, I mean, I didn't want to, you know, leave the team in a lurch. Um, we were actually kind of short staffed at the time. Um, so you still cared even so though you I weren't going to be yeah, there. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I didn't just want to pick up and leave and say, hey, not my problem anymore. I mean, I cared about uh, my friends and coworkers, and I want to make sure, you know, 
we all you know they all continue to succeed and which I had no doubt that they would but try to make that as um, easy as possible ease my own guilt <laughs> well I told it to you the last time there's still an obligation you need to create a blog about your day-to-day and the insight that you get every day. It has to be something... But not a podcast. We don't want the competition. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. It's, a, it's, a, it's an annex to our, to our podcast, but it's very important. I think one of the biggest things is examples. And I believe, okay. aside from listening to this, right, it's going to give people insight, but there has to be a progressive documentation of this is what I thought, this is what really happened. Mm-hmm. This is what I anticipated, this is what really happened. I didn't think I was going to have problems with Ray, but he's getting on my nerves. <laughs> That'll never happen. We'll, we'll, the other way around. We'll maybe. see starting so, Monday. So it's like, it's like the reality of this reality that you were able to accomplish. We ha- you have to have it. You have to document it, right? Because we get this little insight and we ask a lot of questions. But ours, we're already on a trajectory. We might modify it a little bit because you say something but these kids you know they're 20 21 22 mm-hmm. they want something to like all right this is what i thought and this is what she thought what's the reality mm-hmm. so what, please make the effort to do that one of the things i really enjoyed hearing about is how now in retirement you have more time to further your volunteer work and i think that's great in a previous episode we talked about financial stability not just being about us and i think you know you're a good example of that and i think that's a wonderful thing and although we joked about how much does it pay? It doesn't pay anything financially with dollars. I would love to hear in a future episode how it's playing huge dividends in other ways for you and the community. So thank you for sharing. Oh, yeah. I mean, so I guess to wrap up, um, some takeaways, obviously. You know, save where you can. Um, you know, the ultimate goal is to be happy. Um, I say be a productive member of society. That's always something that I, you know, I think is um, undervalued, I think, um, and try to instill that in our kids. But um, I don't know. I hope I hope, I hope it's come through. <clears throat> but yes. So, you know, save where you can. Obviously, you know, um, you know, not not eating cereal every day or something. Enjoy a good meal. Maybe not eat out all the time, but, you know, everything in moderation. Right. Be happy, productive member of society. Um, what else was I going to say? Um, and, and uh, you know, you guys are asking me about how, how I did this. And, and I didn't do it alone, right? Like you said, it takes a village, right? You know, of course, my husband, Ray, Adam's spreadsheet, you know, Johnny's support. That's what I'm going to be you know. known for. <laughs> That's going to be on my, my no. gravestone. Here no. lies Adam and his spreadsheet. <laughs> and there's just going to be a grid on the gravestone. Excel is an awesome tool. Excel is the tool. Right. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty good. So, so, yeah, I mean, I didn't do this by myself. You know, I didn't, you know, get here by myself. Um, obviously, you know, I worked. I, I saved, you know managed our finances and managed our properties, you know, did a lot of work. And, um, but, you know, there's just, you can't do it alone. So don't be ashamed to reach out, ask, ask, you know, ask questions if you don't know something and, um, you know, get all the information and support you can to get where you want to be. I have to say something. 
I feel extremely proud that I have been part of your journey. <laughs> it was subliminal, little by little over time. And we might end up in Puerto Rico together. <laughs> <laughs> Ray, Ray's out of the picture? No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not I guess that. I guess I'm stuck in the I'm stuck in the attic with not, Jen. Not that. <laughs> not that. Not that. Not that. Things you can do when you retire. Yeah. <laughs> but but it is it is a huge accomplishment. I have to keep saying it, and every time we talk about it, I will congratulate you. So congratulations. Thank you. Same here. Thank congratulations. You. Well Same here. Who's next? Attic static. <laughs> Done. Thank you for listening to the Attic Static Podcast. If you like what you heard, please like and subscribe and feel free to leave a comment below. Or come check us out at our website at attickstaticpod.com. And stay tuned for new episodes out every Monday.